Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Happy Hump Day. <laughs> it's Wednesday, baby. And you know what time it is. It's time for an episode that's a little bit extra special. Just a tad bit special, you know? Now, there's a couple of reasons why this is special. One, it's episode 20 of our podcast. Ooh. 20 episodes deep, baby. Man, we're really just out here. We're out. <laughs> we are out here right now. <laughs> Two, we're, this is the first special episode being done remotely. This is true. <laughs> and three, because it's a special episode, so of course it's going to be a little extra special. And we get idiot. to start another series. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is going to be our second special episode series. Yeah, so what we're going to be doing here today is called Who's Next? Part one. <laughs> one. Now, the guidelines here. Lay it out we're for taking, him. Uh, Yeah, so uh, now that we have it all ready to go, I'll just lay out the whole, pull the curtain back. You know? Yeah, yeah. So on pickerwheel.com, <laughs> I have put every weight class onto a spinner, spinning, spinning wheel. I don't know why I struggled to say that so much. Hold on, you're, you're coming in a little low. Oh. There you are, I... there you are, there you are. Okay. So every weight class is on a on a little spinner wheel <laughs> and i'm gonna spin it and it gonna land on one and that's what we're gonna do i'm a little nervous and we don't have a oh, oh okay hold on, hold on i'm getting ahead of myself i didn't even explain what we're doing yeah true you just, you just said i got a wheel i'm gonna spin it <laughs> so each part of this wheel has a, has a weight class that the ufc has a ranking for Whichever weight class it lands on, me and Dom on the spot will have to match make all of the top 15 fighters in the division against each other. Now, a bit of an oopsie. (laughs) In in my everlasting wisdom, I thought it was going to be really cool to p- pluck some guy that's not ranked and put him against a ranked opponent because 15's uneven, right, Dom? Yeah, that that is true. Well, you know what I forgot? Yeah. Uh, uh, the champion isn't ranked. Yeah, and, you know, well, that's kind got, of... He doesn't have a number. He just yeah, has a C. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of an important detail. Yeah, so... Uh, oopsie. So we actually do have 16. <laughs> So, which means we good. can make eight fights. Yeah, so we're, you know, just forget all that stuff I said about the unranked fighter. <laughs> yeah. How would be cool? Yeah. Anyways, that's pretty much it. And we're just going to do it on the spot. Um, also, uh, we're taking into account every fighter's current standing, obviously, but not taking into account if they have a matchup currently made. Right. So, similar so, to versus in that sense. So, if we get lightweight division and we don't want to see Habib versus Gaethje, we don't have to pick Habib versus Gaethje, even though that's the fight that's happening. Or Adesanya Costa, for another good example. So, uh, yeah, you, uh, I'm, I'm ready to get into this. I mean, there's only one more thing left to do. Spin that wheel! 
That's from oh, a shit. game show, right? Gotta be. Gotta be. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm assuming. You know, I'm really just glad we weren't in person for that. Because I, I just cringed a little at myself. Because you know I would have roasted your ass? <laughs> yes. Uh, one one last little caveat here. Uh, there's one division that's not on this wheel, and that's the women's featherweight, because oh. there are no rankings. True. True. So I just wanted to put that out there. I'm sure everybody's going to be wishing that we were doing that division, obviously. but um, Hopefully one day there's at least five people there, so we can do something. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think it's time to spin that wheel. Whew, I'm nervous. Do it. Yeah, see, you guys ain't going to see it. But I'll be honest. All right, it's going. It's it's. Oh wow, that's spinning very fast. Spinning very fast. Okay. All right. This sucks because I can't so, see it either. So. Oh. The division that we are going to be picking here. What is it? What is it? What is it? The light heavyweight division. Oh, really? Which this is very interesting. I like this one. We got a title fight in a couple days. <laughs> yeah, because there's no champion. This is Wait. true. Wait. Wait, that means it's uneven. <laughs> that means it's uneven. No. Bro, what the fuck? Hey, that's okay. We'll fight through. I guess that means we are picking one unranked guy. We do have to pick one unranked person. <laughs> This is such fucking horseshit. Can we just say Chemayev and make it easy? (laughs) I'm just going to pick him. Light light heavy. I'm doing Chemayev versus Dominic Reyes for the interim belt. Or the the vacated belt. That's what I'm doing. No, you're not. Okay. (laughs) You're so full of shit. Well, this is is exciting. We kind of already did a bit of matchmaking uh, on our recap episode Monday. So. Yeah, we did. Um... So I guess kind of the way we'll do this is maybe start at the top. Or no, start at the bottom. Yeah, I would start 15 and go down. So we're going to have to pull an unranked fighter here. Problem is I can't see the full roster. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm going to have to do some digging. So off the top of my head, is what division was uh, Kevin Holland and... Uh, that happened at middleweight. Okay, that's middleweight. Um, trying to think of uh, oh, what's that guy? Khalil Roundtree. Khalil Roundtree. Um, trying to think of a few others that are unranked, and of course we're getting frozen. Middleweight is not a super stacked division from top to bottom. Right. It's great. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely on the rise right now. Now that uh, the boogeyman John Jones is on the heavyweight, but I mean, I might be John Jones, honestly. I mean, (laughs) you could, I, you know, it, let's do this Uh, thing. Huh? I'm, I'm, you know, the problem with Roundtree, I think he's coming off a loss is the I problem. I think he is. Yeah, I think he is. Okay, I've got some names here. I've got some names. Okay, can, I, can you Oh, now, wait a second. So, um, we've got Jan Kudaleba. Oh, oh, you know what? Hello. No, uh, say no more. I mean. Say no more. Yeah, because that's I'm, probably it, right? 
Yeah, I'm doing Jan Kuleba and Magomed Ankalev. I think that one's pretty... Yeah, I thought that would be unranked versus number 13. Yeah, uh, maybe I should uh, just go down the list here so everybody knows kind of where people are ranked. 15 is Paul Craig. 14, Mauricio Shogun Hua, former champ. 13's Magomed Ankalev. 12, Ryan Spann, just talked about him. 11, Johnny Walker, just talked about him. 10, Misha Serkinov. 9, Nikita Krylov. 8, Anthony Smith. 7, Volkan Uzdemir. 6, Yuri Prochaka. 5, Alexander Rakic. 4, Glover Teixeira. 3, Jan Blahovic. 2, Tiago Santos. And number one, Dominic Reyes. Yes, sir. So, we are we both doing Jan Kudaleva and Magomed Ankalev? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as, as realistic as that is, which is fine, because it's kind of, you know, well, any of these is realistic. But this is a fight that's literally been booked already. But, yeah, I think that's, to me, that's what we got to do. It's an obvious fight to be done and be run back because the first one was so controversial and that it shouldn't have been stopped. True. And it looked like it was about to be a banger of a fight, too. Both these guys just seemed to, like, hate each other. Oh, dude, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, the wild stuff in that uh, <laughs> pre-fight exchange. <laughs> dude, I'm when they, like, over. awkwardly, like, Kudaleba <laughs> just kind of walks <laughs> across the cage, Bruce Buffer's like, wait a second, what's going on? And then he just and literally he just... runs through Magomed as if he wasn't there. It, it was like he, he was just, trying to, like, like teleport through the cage. I don't know what was happening. I looked at it like Jan was, like, dead-weighting him. Like, he was, like, trust ball. <laughs> I think <laughs> even Magomed was like, uh, what are we <laughs> what doing? Yeah, but overall, that fight is going to be insane when it happens again, hopefully. That's a fantastic been trying fight. trying to get it rebooked, but uh, Kudaleva's tested positive for COVID twice. Yeah, dude. Uh, hopefully they can try one more time here on Fight Island, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I guess on on from there, number fifteen, Paul Craig. Now, I will say Paul Craig, as I pull up his uh, stats here, he's thirteen four and one. He's coming off a win on July twenty fifth. Um, and then the fight I remember the, his fight before that back. Last November, he had a draw with uh, Shogun Hua, which is actually going to be the fight I pick here. I think I'm going to do Paul Craig and Shogun Hua run it back. It was a really good fight on a not very good card. Right. That was the card that was headlined by Blahovich and um, Jacare. Um, Not a very good card, but that fight was really good. And um, very debatable on who won that fight, but it ended up being a draw. So ultimately, I think it makes sense to run that back. Shogun being ranked 14th, Craig 15th. Um, it's definitely a big fight for Craig because he's definitely got uh, more, higher of a ceiling at this point in his career than Shogun. But yeah. It gets Shogun another fight, a chance to get that W under his belt. Um, and just, yeah, I like that fight. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do another unranked fighter here now. Really? I'm gonna do Khalil Roundtree 
versus number 15, Paul Craig, as a matter of fact. Wow. I, I think that's a uh, intriguing matchup. And Khalil's kind of that dude that is right on the cusp, and then he'll get to you know that top 15 level, and he'll lose a fight. Um, so I think he's still deserving of like a 14-15 at the you know highest. And I think right. that's a fun matchup because Craig always has really interesting fights, whether it's on yes, the ground or on the feet. And Roundtree's yes, going to come to take your head off. But he also yeah. has that, you know, a little bit of a, a wrestling kind of background. Um, so I don't think he would be necessarily uncomfortable against Craig. But Craig definitely has the advantage there. So mm -hmm. I, I'm going with another unranked Khalil Roundtree versus number 15, Paul Craig. Well, I'm curious then who you're going to be leaving off since you're putting a second unranked guy on there. So I would have, well, let's see, one, two, so there's a... I'll come up with something. Huh? I'll come up with something. Just just give it a second. Just give it a second. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, since you did not, you have not used Shogun Huat next, or since you have not used him yet, he would be next for you here at Correct. number 14. So I want to see, are you going to book him here? Yes. Yeah, so this is uh, what I'm doing. Uh, this is also what I mentioned on Monday's recap episode. This is the fight I really want. So I want uh, number 14 ranked Mauricio Shogun Hua versus number 12 ranked Ryan Spann coming off that loss to Johnny Walker. I think this is yeah. a really good fight for Spann, and he's still deserving to stay in that top 15 and fight a top 15 fighter. For Hua, he's coming off the win against Noguera in the trilogy. Um, and obviously is a legend of kind of this weight class and just MMA in general. Um, and I think it's kind of a way for him to prove, hey, I can maybe make one more run at that top 10, you know, list of dudes. And, and it's honestly right. a really intriguing matchup because we, as, as we just saw, Span can stand and bang, but he has those 11 submission wins in his back pocket. And we know Hua is about as well-versed and uh, as balanced of a fighter as they come. So I think this is an interesting fight. I agree, actually. I, I agreed with you on Monday's show, so that's definitely a good fight to make. And I definitely feel like I've kind of booked myself into a corner here. <laughs> now I have Ryan Spann um, at number 12. So, you know, um, the fight that's sticking out to me is probably number 10. Misha Serkinov. Now I know Ryan Spann coming off that loss. You probably don't realistically book him forward. Obviously, the three guys behind him I've already used. So, um, but I think this fight you can. It does make sense in a way because Ryan Spann has been on a pretty decent win streak up until that loss on Saturday, and it was a fight that he looked like he was getting the better of that fight up until obviously he lost. Dude, you know, both guys kind of went back and forth, but it looked like Span was definitely hurting Johnny more than Johnny was hurting Span until those vicious elbows. Um, so for Misha Serkinov, he does, he is coming off a win, a pretty big win actually against uh, Jimmy Crew, who's kind of an up and comer. But the fight before that was where he got knocked out in 36 seconds by Johnny Walker back at UFC 235. So despite the fact that Serkinov's coming off a win, 
uh, he does have that kind of um, that loss to Johnny Walker in very quick fashion. I think it makes a lot of sense to book those two against each other. Just span, sure, you know, getting KO'd in less than three minutes, not ideal. But he showed some things in there, and he definitely showed that he can hang with the best. It's just a matter of can his chin hold up, you know, things like that. And Serkinov also has this question. So, right. Uh, I think it kind of makes sense to book those two against each other and see who's a little bit more for real, you know. I like it. So, so are we? We're both three fights in, right? Uh, yes. Okay, so, so now we're both on Johnny Walker. Yeah. So just a quick rundown so far. We've both done three fights for the light heavyweight division. I have twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen booked. Uh, so my next will be eleven, and then Noah you, is the same boat as me at this point. Uh, about well, to go into our I fourth fight, used, right? I've also, I've also used number. Right, you use number 10 as well. Yeah. So, so go ahead. number 11, Mr. Johnny Boy, Johnny Walker, mm-hmm. coming off of that just chaos, chaos against Ryan Spann. Yes. He is taking on number 8 ranked Anthony Lionheart Smith. Again, another fight that I mentioned already on the recap show Monday following UFC Vegas 11. This is simply just the fight to make. Um, I completely agree with you. That's the fight I'm picking as well. Yeah, like, for Walker, he's fighting up, which he's Mm -hmm. already done before. We know that he has that potential there. Smith is on a two-fight skid, and he needs a break. I don't want this fight to happen soon. Again, these are all hypothetical anyway. That's why it's fun. Um, But I think this is a fight for Smith to show, hey, hold on. I know I've lost two in a row. I'm on a bit of a skid. But if he can come in and stop a guy like Johnny Walker, who still has hype around him, just not as much as he once did, uh, I still think that's a huge win for Anthony. And obviously, if Walker were to come in and beat Anthony, that's the number eight eight ranked dude. It's clearly an even bigger win for Walker. So I think it's a great fight. Stylistically, it should be a great fight. Anthony, I could see trying to take it to the ground with his underrated submission work, to be honest with you, just because of the, kind of the way his fights have been going recently. And I'd like yeah. to see Johnny get tested on the ground because we haven't seen that too much. So I think that's well, a really has, fun matchup. The thing about Johnny is he has the frame. like He's very lanky, tall guy, uh, long reach and everything. He could be pretty deadly on the ground if he, you know, we don't know really what he's capable of there, but those kind of attributes... Um, can typically do pretty well for someone on the ground, um, those physical attributes. However, um, I would definitely give the edge to Anthony Smith on paper for that style of fight. Um, Anthony Smith, I definitely would see having to grind it out while Johnny's going to be going for the flash KO. Now, don't get me wrong. Johnny Walker's chin has proven to be suspect. Yeah, I mean, he basically got knocked out twice in the fighting in Spain. But still and Anthony won. Anthony <laughs> Smith can knock him out, bro. He's, I mean, just look at some of those knockouts he had on that run up until he got the title fight. You know, that knockout of Rashad Evans is sticking out to me. Yeah, man, Anthony Smith is about as dangerous as they come because everybody knows how good of a striker he is, but then you, all of a sudden you're on the ground with him and you're like, oh, wait, I'm stuck in a triangle choke. Oh, wait, I'm stuck in a rear naked. So, like, he's, I think he's really slept on on the ground. 
because he just doesn't go there that much. But when he does, dude, that's dangerous. No, I completely agree. And I just think on paper that would be – I think that's a great headliner for a fight night. Oh, yeah. That would be a fantastic fight night pay-per-view – or fight night pay-per-view. Fight night main event. That'd be like Anthony's, like – time headlining a damn fight night. Anthony Smith, by the end of his career, will have the most fight night headliners in UFC history, I'm convinced. He might already have that record. It might be true. And then on the opposite end, that'd be Johnny Walker's first headliner. It would. That's true. So it'd be a big fight for both guys because you have Smith trying to come off that skid. Johnny really trying to show that, trying to earn back some of that uh, hype he had at one time. Um, I love that fight. I, I think I really hope that fight gets booked in real life. I know um, I agree with you that, you know, Anthony should probably take some time. But now, you know, I'm saying end of the year, beginning of 2021, give me that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, I've already used my number 10, Misha Sturkinov. Now, you have used two unranked fighters. This is true. Keep in mind that one of your one of your ranked fighters will not be booked. They will be booked. Don't worry. It's already been done. I'm, okay, I'm just gonna. I'll just let you do your thing. But uh, you're on number ten, Misha Serkinov. Right. Uh, so I'm going Misha Serkinov, number ten ranked versus number seven ranked, no time, Volkan Uzdemir. Mm-hmm. I think this is a fun one. Vulcan, of course, just lost to your boy Yiri, um, yes, who looks like an absolute beast, by the way. He was on your parlay that night, if I remember correctly. He was, but the parlay was already dead by then. <laughs> um, I think this is a really fun fight. Serkinov is a guy we haven't seen in, I think, a year at this point. Uh, his last fight, almost a year. He fought October 14th of last year and got a submission win against Jimmy Crute. Uh, and before that, lost to Johnny Walker via TKO. And then before Johnny, he had submitted Patrick Cummins. Yep. Um, and then again, like I said, Vulcan's coming off the loss to Yuri. But before that, he had just won a split decision against Rakich, who we just saw against Anthony Smith. And my God, that guy is a killer. Uh, and before Rakich, he TKO'd uh, Ilir Latifi. So Vulcan is still kind of that guy that... I don't want to say he's a future champion, but he could get to the point where he challenges for the belt again. It's just a matter of lining up the right fights for him. So I think coming off a loss to a guy that was making his UFC debut, I think fighting back a little bit makes sense for Vulcan against a guy that's still a top 10, right? Right there at number 10. Interesting matchup because I would definitely think Misha would want this fight to the ground. Vulcan, of course, just wants to knock your head off your shoulders. And we've seen Vulcan struggle on the ground, especially wow. that DC fight comes to mind, obviously, where he just looked like the chicken with his head cut off, just looked didn't didn't know what to do. Um, he's, I of course, improved, another, but... I can tell you another reason why Misha wouldn't want this fight. Because it's already happened. Rematch time. Yeah, so uh, probably a very... It's not a fight I remember happening. It was probably... Big back in May of 2017. You're coming in a little low again. Sorry. Oh, sorry. There you are. Good? Yeah, yeah. So this fight happened in May of 2017. Uh, Vulcan did get the uh, KOTKO win 
30 seconds in the second round. This was Vulcan's big run to the title. Yeah. He was literally so like, his one. name is no time, and it's for a good reason. Didn't he? I want to say like three stoppages in a row in less than a minute. At least two. I mean, he was knocking people's was, heads off on the way to that title shot. Yeah, I'll never forget the Jimmy Manawa knockout. We watched that live at your house. I remember that. My goodness gracious. Shout out Jimmy Manawa. Yeah. Yeah, Vulcan's just a very exciting guy, but he, he just has these faults that just seem to keep holding him back. Yeah, I think it's a good matchup. Again, like you said, it's a rematch, so that always adds a little bit of hype anyways. But, you know, that was you said that was 2017? Yes. So three years ago, both guys have had, obviously, plenty of fights since then. Wins and losses for both of them. Win streaks for both of them. I think it's, I think it's interesting, and can Misha kind of right his wrongs, and if he can get a number seven guy like Vulcan out of there, then we're seeing a guy like Serkinov get close to top five contention for the first time in his career. That's true. That's very true. So, yeah, that's my number ten. Number ten versus seven, but, you know. So now we are on to – we're both on number nine here, Nikita Krylov. Correct. Um, the fight, I'm going to go ahead and just say I'm going to put him with uh, Uzdemir. Okay. Now, here's why. Because uh, Krylov, number nine, Uzdemir, number seven. Um, I was looking ahead of Uzdemir, and every fighter ahead of him is coming off of a win besides Tiago. And Tiago has not fought in a year because of that injury after right. arguably beating John Jones. But I'll, you know what? I'll let it go. So, I couldn't uh, reasonably put Uzdemir against any of those killers. I couldn't put him like in a fight ahead of Yuri, who's right in front of him. So it makes sense to pair these two for those reasons. But I hate booking fights off of like ranking reasons. Like, right? You know, I'd rather it just be on the merit. These two have never fought before. You have Vulcan come off that tough loss to Yuri Prochak. In a fight that was he he looked good in that first round. Uh, it was just once uh, Jiri got very comfortable and got a little more technical, I would say uh, it, it was done before it started in that second round. Right. Then on the other side, you got Nikita Kroilov, who is also coming off of a win. He beat Johnny Walker back in March. That was a big win for him. Um, not the most exciting fight by any means, but. Definitely a win over a guy with, again, a lot of hype. That was Johnny Walker's first fight after the Corey Anderson loss. So still had that hype to him. I believe that was the last event uh, the UFC did before their, like, six-week hiatus. That was um, the card, uh, Charles Oliveira, Kevin Lee. Yep. Uh, Before that, he was – he lost a decision to Glover Teixeira, so that makes sense not to put him too much higher than number seven here because Glover's number four. Um, again, I think it's an exciting fight on paper. Vulcan just—he's never really in a boring fight. That's <laughs> they don't, straight. They don't usually go very long, but um, he just brings it. And it, I think it would be a good test for Krylov because he's a guy that's—you uh, know—he's—he's he's 27 and 7. He's been around for—you know—he's been fighting for a while. But here's a stat for you. Let's hear it. Nikita Krylov has 11 wins by knockout. 15 wins by submission that means he has finished 
26 of his 27 victories. That's one of those nitty-gritty stats I like getting into. Woo! Yeah. No, I love his it. Only, his only win by decision was his last fight with Johnny Walker. I like it. So, obviously, both these guys would be bringing it in this fight, and I don't think that would be a fight that would go to the the, the judges. So, I'm all about that. And, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say. It probably wouldn't be a, a huge fight, you know? It would probably be like a co a, a co main on a fight night or something, but by no means, I think it would be bigger than probably the casual fan would uh, give it respect for being. Right, that right, sense. for sure. So that leads me to my number nine, which is, of course, Nikita Krylov. Yeah. I've got him going up against number six ranked Yuri Pro. Pro. Prochaka. Uh, 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 Prochaka. Your boy, number nine yes, versus boy. number six. So, I won't go into all the Krylov accolades like you just did, getting into that nitty gritty. Um, okay. But like, like we kind of already mentioned, he's coming off the win against Johnny Walker. Before that, lost to Teixeira, but before that, he beat OSP. Um, so this dude is up there fighting the top fifteen guys, of course. Now, Yuri just made his UFC debut and had a slobber knocker against Vulcan, and literally. He almost put him fully to sleep, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he, um, he was there. I mean, he just came in there and ran right through him. So, yeah. I like this matchup because, yes, Krylov is ranked lower than Volkan, who was number seven. And, of course, you're like, well, Yuri just beat number seven. Why would he fight a number nine? Mm-hmm. I like this matchup because Yuri had his debut. And I'm not saying it was like a fluke win by any means, but he came in there clanging and banging, and knocked out Volkan, who we've seen just be in these wars before. So I think that getting another win against another top 10 in just his second UFC fight would be able to solidify him at that rightful number 6 spot to then launch him into top 5 contention, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Because I'm not here to just be like, oh, he beat number 7 Volkan, so let's give him number 3. Like, nah, let's pump the brakes, because that was still his UFC debut at the end of the day, no matter how dominant he may have looked. So mm-hmm. I think, again, for Krylov at number nine, obviously you're going to fight up, so you want this dude. He's number six. He's new to the UFC, but still a higher rank than you. And, of course, like I already explained for Yuri, I think it's a fight that can solidify him at that number six spot, and then the UFC can take a step back and be like, okay, this guy's for real. He's beat number seven. He's beat number nine. Now, here comes number four, number three, so on and so forth. And realistically, after beating a guy like Krylov, could be one to two fights away from a title shot. Um, so that's a fight I really think would be interesting and another tough test for Yuri. And, of course, a test for Krylov, as we just saw, because Yuri just dominated Volkan. And they both have 27 wins. I mean, it, it's a great fight, both with tons yeah. of experience. Agreed. Uh, so that'll bring me to booking my boy, Jiri Prochaka, who's ranked six. And I'm going to give him, uh, it makes sense, just put him one ahead against Alexander Rakich. Man. Now, talk about a striking affair. My goodness gracious. <laughs> On in the, in the red corner, <laughs> you have Rakich, who tries to basically pick you apart with this striking. Right. 
And in the blue corner, you got Prochaka, who tries to run through you with his striking. So it sets up a very interesting stylistic matchup where you have two strikers, but they're so different <laughs> in how they approach their striking. Rakic, much more reserved, much more technical. Then you got Prochaka, who's very wild, but still carries a lot of power and does have like a level. I mean, he's definitely, it's like a, it's like a, what's the word? I was going to say beauty behind the madness, but that's not really what I'm looking for or there. Basically like he's wild, but it's like with the purpose. Right. Like it feels like he's doing it to try to catch his opponent off guard. Yeah, so but it, but like at the end of the day, up, he knows the method. You know what I mean? He's setting he's setting up a very technical, very calculated strike by throwing something very wild, very like you can see it coming a mile away type thing. So I I think that this would just be a stand up war for however long it lasts. Um, it would definitely be a big test for Jiri. Um, you're right about that. He's, he is only one fight in. But that guy was dominant over in Ryzen. Uh, he proved in that first fight against Vulcan that he's for real. He's legit. And I don't see any reason why you don't book him here. It's literally five versus six. Uh, Rakich, big win over Anthony Smith. But, you know, Rakich had just lost to Vulcan before that. So it sets up an interesting matchup here where Rakich is ranked in front of Vulcan. And Jiri, but Jiri beat Vulcan, and Vulcan beat Rakic. Does that be- yeah, and it yeah, was a MMA. it was a uh, questionable split decision by some. Yes. So yes. you could um, almost argue that they both have beaten Vulcan. You know. Yeah, I definitely remember that fight, and I remember having Vulcan winning. Mm-hmm. But I also, um, yeah, it was definitely very close and whatnot. I just think that you this is the fight to make here because. Uh, it, it's going to be like, okay, is Rakic really deserving of this number five positioning he's been given, despite the fact that he not too long ago lost to a guy ranked behind him? Right. And then it gives Jiri a chance to prove that he's for real, as I believe he is and as many believe he is. I like it. It's a fun fight, no doubt. And I do just want to say that I think the winner of this potential matchup would be basically second to Hazmat. I think it would boost their status to the moon. Especially if it was like a big knockout type win. Yeah. And probably more so for Jiri, just because of like his style of fighting being a little bit more exciting, I would say. Right. Um, but I think if Jiri were to get a big win there, I think that would he would be basically second to Hazmat as far as like the biggest prospects in the promotion. I like it. Yeah, I think from that prospect status for sure, it's crazy because Hazmat is a prospect, but he's becoming a superstar in the making at the same time. It's kind yeah. of insane this pace we're seeing from him, and it's only going to continue from what we've seen so far. Yeah, wild. He, who knows? He may be in this division one day. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, he really could be. He's pretty large. Yeah, he's a big dude. His, yeah. If he were to just, really, it would only take adding muscle mass because he has the height already. Yeah. So, yeah, who knows? He could be in one of these episodes one day for this division and not just middleweight and welterweight. 
Yeah. Um, so I guess moving on from there, you are now, it's now your turn to book number five, Rakich. Yes, and I am booking number five, Alexander Rakich, against number three ranked Jan Blahovich. Interesting. This is a fun one. Um, as we just saw, Rakich absolutely dominated uh, Anthony Smith. Before that, had the very close fight with Vulcan uh, that he lost. And then before that, head kicked Jimmy Manoa straight into the retirement home. Um, oh, wow. That that was that was a deep cut. I, I mean, he retired. Poor guy. Oh, I, sorry. I wasn't saying that you were being harsh. I was saying it like that. That when I I just remembered that knockout. Oh, like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's probably top five most brutal head kick I've ever seen in the UFC. <laughs> oh I've never God, seen a guy's so body off of a head kick just go, and then his whole <laughs> head just bounces off the canvas. It was brutal. Brutal. Um, shout out Jimmy Manuel, though. That guy is about as game as they come, by the way. Yeah. He, was, he was being set up for a title fight with DC right before that. Yeah. It's crazy. And then he takes on the young up-and-comer, and, well... That was all she wrote. Um, yeah, him and uh, him and Vulcan made a fucking yeah. buffet out of damn yeah, man. Marijuana, bro. Um, and then on the other hand, we have Jan Blahovich, who just came off of that dominant uh, knockout of Corey Anderson. Before that, won a split decision with Jacare Souza. Before that, broke Luke Rockhold's jaw with a freaking left hook that came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Now we of course know that in. I don't want to say real life because this is real life, but Jan Blachowicz is fighting for the vacant title this weekend. Now, again, yeah. we're taking in their current ranking, not the current fight that they have booked. So that's where I'm getting this matchup from. This is fun. Rakic versus Jan. Jan's that powerful striker, but still has technique, obviously. And Rakic is the powerful kicker with very good technique. Um, Rakich's kicks against Smith hurt me sitting on my couch watching the fight. Um, yeah. so this is, this guy could cause some real problems for anyone in this division. Cause I don't think there's another kickboxer quite like this in the UFC right now, to be honest, like pure kickboxing. It's un, it's unreal. The power that he has behind his kicks. Um, and this could be a potential kind of like number one contender fight in a way more yeah. so for Jan. Um, but Rakich could come out and, like, knock out Jan in the first round and say, all right, time for my title shot. Um, so I think this is a really fun matchup. It would definitely be a standing war. This fight would not touch the ground. Um, at least I wouldn't imagine so. Um, it would be a very big underdog if you were to bet on that to happen during the fight. I'll say it that way. Um, so this is a fun one. And, yeah, that's my – I don't want to go into Rakich too much because you already did that. Jan, of course, we know how great he is, the streak that he's on right now. He's on a tear. And I think looking back more than three fights, he's won like eight of his last nine. And he's yeah. always fighting the top ten of guys in that division for the most part. So uh, that's a yeah, fun one. To, to give some merit to your uh, your prediction of a stand-up war, Blahovich is 26-8, and eight, so he's at 34 total fights. Um, across those 34 fights in his career, he has only attempted 25 takedowns officially. Wow. There you go. Now, he's, land, he's landed 12 of them, so his, his accuracy is not too bad. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's less than one per fight. So uh, I wouldn't imagine you would be seeing too much grappling on that in that 
matchup. Right, and Rakic was only on the ground so much with Anthony in their last fight because Anthony was like basically pulling guard in a sense. Like Rakic, <laughs> if that fight would have stayed standing, it would have ended like one million percent. I agree. I mean, Anthony couldn't hang with the leg kicks, man. That oh, was, that, it, that it was, was brutal. 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 Yeah. Um, so now I'll be uh, – we're, we're both going to be booking Glover Teixeira here at number four. Right. A guy in a very interesting spot in his career, right? Um, he just doesn't seem to – you know, it's like one of those things like just die and he just won't. He won't just go away. He keeps – he's taking out everybody. <laughs> 40 years yeah, old, look, by the way, too. Yeah, we look back, the first card we ever watched that beat up together, uh, Diaz versus McGregor, too. Um, one of the big fights on that card was Teixeira versus Rumble Johnson, a fight Rumble knocked him out in about, what, 10 seconds? Yeah, it was brutal. Literally, the first punch he threw just welted Teixeira. And yet, now, he's on a four-fight win streak. <laughs> You see, he had the big win over Anthony Smith, dominant win. Uh, had another decision win over Nikita Kroilov. Uh, um, had a submission victory over Jan Kudaleva. And uh, before that, he had a submission win over Carl Roberson. So, I'm putting him against Jan Blahovich here. Yeah, like that. Um, I look at it like two guys that are very much of the veteran status, I would say. Um, I know Blahovich is younger than Teixeira, but I would say that they're both veterans. Oh, for sure. Um, both definitely hitting a stride right now. Blahovich on a three-fight win streak. He's looked great. Um, on the reverse end, you got Teixeira on a four-fight win streak, who's looked better than ever. Um, I think it makes sense to pair these two up because, in my opinion, I look at this like a number one contender's fight. But And I don't want it to sound like, you know, for either of us, I know we're not you know, this isn't what we're doing here, but I just want to uh, make note of this. I'm very excited to see Blahovich get that title fight with Dominic Reyes. Like, based off where everybody's at right now, like, that fight makes a lot of sense. Right. So just because we're not booking him in the, the title fight doesn't mean that we don't think he's not deserving of it. It's right. just, for me right now... Um, I'll get into my title fight later, but for this matchup, I think you have two veterans who are surging right now. You pair them up against each other and see who's going to be the guy that is able to withstand it and push forward to get that actual title shot. Um, because, you know, Glover in real life has been being paired with Tiago Santos and he could very well win that matchup I mean I, I thought Anthony Smith was going to run through him but when I look at it on paper I keep going like man they're really just going to let Glover go in there and get like mauled basically Right. <laughs> now again it might not happen that way because Glover keeps proving me wrong there but um, that's why I want him and Jan to kind of duke it out to see all right, which one of these older vets is really here to stay at the top of the top and get that title shot? Um, so that's uh, that's the fight I would book. I don't believe it's ever happened. I could be wrong about that, but I don't believe it's ever happened. I don't think so. So and that's kind of surprising because these guys have been in 
the UFC for, I mean, Glover longer than Yon, but they've yeah. been in for years now. They've paid their dues, that's for sure. Yeah, so I, I definitely think this fight makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, you, you said quite a bit about Yon, so I'll just leave it there. This is where it gets interesting. And yeah, I think I'm, I'm about I'm to really, really throw you for a loop right here. I'm. I feel like I'm going to call bullshit, but um, I'm going to let you have your fun. Glover Teixeira is having his retirement fight against Dominic Reyes for the vacated light heavyweight championship. Hmm. Let it soak for a second. Let it soak. <laughs> now here it is. Now okay. Glover technically is on one more win streak than Jan. Two of Jan's last three wins are against former middleweights making their debut in the UFC. Because Jacare, I think, fought in uh, light heavyweight and strike force potentially. But in the UFC, Jacare and Luke Rockhold both were making their debut at light heavyweight against Jan. And Jan had a split decision against Jacare. But when you look at Glover, who is on one more fight win streak at four, they've all been against light heavyweight contenders, one of which uh, former title challenger Anthony Smith, as we saw. And if you look at Jan's win streak, no former title challengers at light heavyweight there, Nella. Interesting. And, like I said, Glover's 40 years old. I think they're going to... Or this is my me making the fight, so I'm not going to say they're going to... I'm going to pair up Glover to take on Dominic. And what could be an interesting little matchup that I've never really thought of until literally five minutes ago in my head. Um, interesting stylistic matchup here. Glover would essentially be fighting his retirement fight. He loses. He's off into the sunset, 40 years old. He's done a great job, but he's kind of left in a spot where it's like, eh, what's next for him? If he wins, he goes out on top. He's challenged for the belt before, wasn't able to get it done. Here he is at 40 years old, shocks the world and beats Dominic Reyes. Glover Teixeira, light heavyweight champion of the world. Maybe one title defense, but I'm saying he rides off into the sunset. Um, This is a very fun fight. Reyes, of course, is that super savvy, super technical striker. Glover is definitely a technical striker, but he's kind of comparable to Jan, I think, when it comes to striking. And we know Glover has that really good ground game where it could be interesting if he were to get Dominic down because we saw in the John Jones fight, Dominic wasn't getting taken down very easily. And if he did, he was getting back up most of the time. Um, so this is another fight that could probably stay uh, stay on the feet. It'd be a very interesting technical battle with still plenty of power involved. Like Dominic definitely has power too. Um, but this is a fight where similar to Dominic and Jan happening this weekend. Jan has the power advantage. I would give the power advantage to Glover here as well in terms of like a one-punch type deal, but just slightly over Dominic compared to Jan. Um, so this is a fun matchup for me. And again, it's a chance for Glover to kind of ride off into the sunset, win or lose at 40 years old. Uh, one last hoorah for Glover to share. I like it. And you know what? When you were talking, it hit me what you're going to be doing here. <laughs> and I'm not happy about it. I'm sorry. I mean, but... I am. Okay, don't get me wrong. I, no, I, I'm 
ecstatic because I, I, I didn't think of it. I really didn't think of it. But I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again shortly. <laughs> well, anyways, that leaves me with the the <laughs> most, in a, some ways, the most interesting title fight you'll ever see. Yeah. Two guys, both coming off a loss, <laughs> are fighting for the undisputed light heavyweight championship. But don't get it twisted, folks. Dominic Reyes and Tiago Santos are the two best light heavyweights in the world since John Jones is not in the division. And they both have beaten John Jones. <laughs> okay, let's not confuse the people. Did yeah. they really? No, they did not. They both lost to John Jones in absolutely back-to-back amazing light heavyweight title fights, by the way. Yes. Tiago, um, of course, I, on one leg, which we've mentioned in at least six other podcast episodes at this point. <laughs> yeah, so true. And uh, just to be clear, we're not John Jones haters by any means. Um, you know, guy's one of the most exciting people you'll ever watch fight. Uh, probably the best all-around mixed martial artist ever when it comes to just the talent, the athleticism. Right. However... I thought he lost both those fights. Yep, I'm right there <laughs> with my you. Eyes, John, my eyes, John Jones on two fight lose streak. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't give a fuck that both these guys technically have losses <laughs> in their last fights. They're the two best light heavyweights in the world in my eyes. So, you pair them up against each other and just let them go to work. And you did man, say this Dominic, is for the vacated belt, right? Yes, for the yep. vacated belt. Now, again, uh, you talked a lot about Dominic. Um, really, I guess I don't know exactly how this fight would go. If I'm being honest. Um, That's an intriguing one to say the least. Dominic Reyes is a tough guy to figure out, and really Tiago is too. They're both like uh, they both have shown a lot of different things in their career, but I would like to believe that this will be a stand-up war, uh, to say the least. I mean, both guys are have overwhelmingly just been knockout artists in their career. I'm not saying that they would go to the ground or something, but I'm just saying that, like, they have both shown enough of a all-around game to at least make me go, but could this end up just being, like, a clinch fest or something? But right. I don't care. They're the two best. I'm all They're for it. Out. Tiago Santos, I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I, I'm a ride or die Tiago guy. <laughs> a little rhyme there. <laughs> also, does rhyme there. Anyways. Wait, are you on here <laughs> spitting right now? <laughs> <laughs> that was completely accidental. But uh, they're they're the obvious two best in my eyes. So you put them against each other for the vacant belt. Two guys that arguably have at least given John Jones the two hardest fights of his career since Gustafson, if not even more so. Yeah, seven years ago today, by the way, the day we're recording yeah. this, September yeah. 21st, 2013. Nice. Nice plug there. Uh, so um, you put them up against each other because, to me, this it's not like, uh, you know, if Blahovich beats Dominic Reyes on Saturday you know, in real life. Um, there'll be a part, I, again, I'm not one of those people that's going to 
think like this, but there'll be people that'll just be like, he's a paper champion because John Jones left the division. Right. Even though he just beat Dominic Reyes. Right. It doesn't matter. He didn't beat John Jones. Well, in my eyes, both these guys beat John Jones. Yeah. So there's no questions asked here. Yeah, it's the clear cut who's the best light heavyweight in the world. That's how I look at it. With John Jones being gone, of course, who's the best light heavyweight in the world? Yeah, so that's why this is the obvious title fight in my eyes, but uh, I I I would be lying if I said that the fight that you're about to put together here would not uh, be hellacious. So I'm going to let you take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, my last fight, to fill out the now, fi- now, now, let me, let me, hold on, let me, sorry, don't want to interrupt you here. You're good. Sorry. I've stolen your thunder plenty of times. I just want to, I want to, I want to help you out here. Now, some of you might be wondering, like I was early on, well, Dom has uh, used two fighters that aren't ranked. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that mean he has to take someone else? Does that mean that Tiago Santos isn't getting a fight? Oh, he's getting yeah. a fight. He, he's getting one. He's getting one hell of a fight. Ladies and gentlemen, number two light heavyweight in the world, Tiago Santos, is welcoming back Anthony Rumble Johnson to the light heavyweight division. Oof, chills. It's time. Anthony Johnson is officially back in the USADA testing pool, which means... That six months from now, he will be fighting. Well, hopefully, he will be fighting in the UFC once again. This is a fight that rattles my brain. I, I, if you guys know, if you guys listened on our versus part one, where we build our own pay per views and have you guys vote on which one was better, I had this fight on my pay per view card. Ever since I saw that Anthony Johnson was coming back, this was the fight. This was the fight that I need to see, or my life won't be fulfilled. This fight needs to happen. Pure chaos, pure violence, one shot, somebody's going to sleep. Noah, what are your thoughts? Because I I think after a little bit, you saw it coming. I want to know what you think about this. Um... Once it like hit me, I was like, "Damn!" I'm like, he really just like <laughs> hit me for. Oh, hello. You're cutting out. Me? Still cutting out a little. Okay. There yeah, you are. Like You're back. Froze, You're here. It froze, on, it froze on my end a little bit. <laughs> Technical difficulties, folks. Hang with. Bear us. with us. <laughs> um, so. Uh, what I was saying was is that ultimately, like, there's question marks about Rumble Johnson at this point. You know, he hasn't fought since UFC 210 when he was fighting Daniel Cormier for the light heavyweight belt. Um, so that's been three years, almost four. So, well, you cut out again. Hello, hello. You, hear me? you cut out again. Yeah, I hear you. Wait, no, I don't. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there you are. Yeah, you're here. You're here. The people can hear you. 
Oh my. <laughs> hey, if it happens again, I'll straight up just call you. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways, look, it's. I'll keep it short. <laughs> Basically, um, I don't even know where I was going. Basically, Rumble Johnson left fighting for a belt. So there's question marks about where he's at now, but he left at the top of the sport. Right. So why not pair him here with the guy who's, according to the rankings, the second best? Right. Um, and I think it'd be a hell of a matchup on paper as well. Yeah, I. it would be so incredible. I think it's a perfect comeback fight for Rumble. Because, again, like you said, he basically went out not on top, but the step right below it, right? He lost in a title fight to mm-hmm. one of the best fighters of all time. Tiago is on a long layoff after his brutal knee injury, so he's, in a sense, making a comeback. So it's comeback versus comeback, two heavy hitters, two absolute beasts in the light heavyweight division. Who's going to win? That's the fight, yeah. man. Like I said, as soon as I saw Anthony Johnson was uh, entering back into the USADA testing pool and wanting to make a comeback... This was the fight. It was whoop, no other fight has crossed my mind for Anthony Johnson other than Tiago Santos. That would be hellacious, as I said earlier. <laughs> and uh, that's the end of Who's Next? Who's Next, part one, semicolon, light heavyweight division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was fun. All, if, you want, if, if you want to go back and see what fights we each picked, They'll be in the description. Um, just, you know, so that way you guys can check out who I picked and then who Dom picked and kind of where they rank at, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, Dom, tell the good people where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at dcelee 14 You can follow our podcast Instagram at Joe's underscore podcast. And you can find our podcast on basically damn near any podcasting source that you can think of. Uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, visit our Anchor website, become a supporter, leave us voice messages, all the fun stuff. Shout out to Anchor. Shout out to Anchor. Now, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore, you will be taken to our link tree where... You will be given links to every major platform that we're on. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, there's a link. If you want to watch us on Spotify, or listen to us, I should say, on Spotify, there's a link. Google, there's a link. Apple, link. There's a link for that. (laughs) Anchor, link. Want to be a supporter or a contributor, I should say? There's a link. And then there you can go to our anchor page, record a voice message, send it over to us. We're still waiting, man. I'm I'm debating on making a tutorial video to share out um, so people know how to make voice messages because, man, could this really boost our community and our engagement. It would be so fun to share other fans' thoughts with our community. Completely agree. So if you go to my bio again, at ntbaker underscore on Twitter or Instagram, you'll be taken to our link tree with everything there. Um, if you go to our anchor page, uh, you can also find us on a bunch of other different podcasting services. So uh, ones that aren't as prevalent as the ones I just mentioned, but still worth your time. Uh, just go support us on there. Um, all in all, big things going on here in week seven, and it's only going up from here. 
as for the rest of the week. Oh my goodness, Noah, it's time. Friday. It's time! We're previewing it, baby. One of those O's has got to go. We've been mentioning this since episode one! We really have been. Oh my goodness. Israel Adesanya, the last style bender, defends his UFC middleweight belt against Paolo Boracina Costa. One of those O's has got to go. This is true. Literally, this is... Uh, Dana has been really hyping this as it could be potentially fight of the year. Uh, you're not going to hear any on the contrary for me um i'm so stoked for this fight and guess what the division we just talked about today they're crowning the new champion jan blahovich and dominic reyes get to settle who's the guy picking up the mantle from john jones again i it on yeah go ahead i mentioned it on our monday recap of ufc vegas 11 ladies and gentlemen this is the first time that there will be a new UFC light heavyweight champion, not named John Jones or Daniel Cormier in nearly a full decade. That's so insane. The the light heavyweight division is on fire right now, and it gets started this Saturday. Yep, so Friday we'll be previewing the whole main card and talk about, give our predictions um, and all that, go over some news, um, and then uh, Monday we'll be recapping all the fights from Saturday, so... Be on the lookout for both of those on any platform that you want to listen to us on. But uh, that's it. And we're out. And we're going to see y'all on Friday. Let's go. Woo!